Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And I'm Emily. And my voice is trashed. And mine is not. Because I was at NAM. And I was not. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my voice is like all tore up. Like I, I can sort of hear it in my head and I know like I'd be scared. I'm scared to listen back to what this like episode intro is going to sound like. Um, cause I could, it was, I've been editing some of the clips I recorded and I can tell which day it is depending <laughs> on how hoarse my, like th- there's like a clear delineation from day one. My voice sounds great. Day two. It's like, okay, like, I don't know, maybe he, and like day three, it's like, I just got straight strep throat, like yeah. full line voices just gone. So next time cough drops, cough drops would have been a good idea. I throat definitely, coat. I definitely found myself like, like like trying to like like swallow in vain like like no matter Ew. how much water i drank my throat was just dry well water doesn't hydrate i think we all know that well i i, I tried water is free water is free throat coat cheap tea's tea's pretty cheap yeah but then you have to get hot water that's true um, people charge well, you for hot water and that blows my freaking mind yeah well i i Real quick, but uh, I I got a Brita filter water bottle, and that was probably the best thing I got because then I didn't have to pay for water on the floor, mm-hmm. which was pretty nice. So, anyways, so this is our uh, this is our Nam episode, this and is, this I, is our Nam episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. This is an episode where you'll get to hear uh, a a a a uh, what do you call it? Retrospect. No. Well, there will be a little bit of a retrospective. It's I'll get to share like, a couple. Like an NPR kind of. Yeah, walking around the floor. Yeah. So, if, so you listen, uh, if you listen to our shows from the Tacoma Guitar Festival or the Vancouver Guitar Festival or Summer Nam, I imagine it'll be kind of in that vein. It'll be in that vein. We've got um, a handful of interviews both inside and outside of the floor, depending on. Uh, how much my guest wanted to have an excuse to get out of the uh, barrier of noise, but uh, some some fun stuff in there. A couple of serious highlights. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I, first off, I want to shout out our sponsor for the whole trip, Covenant Cables. Ooh, good uh, folk. Good folk indeed. Thank you to Andy and all the rest of them, beautiful chaps, for uh, for supporting the show, for sponsoring us, and. Uh, it was super great to hang out with them while I was down there and looking forward to hanging out with them when I'm back up here. For those of you who don't know who Covenant Cables is, Covenant Cables is a cable company. Uh, and not like, you know, the I watch TV cable company, but guitar cables. They make great guitar cables uh, at seriously reasonable prices for what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're they're also just really great people. So yeah, I mean, I've, I'm one of their artists, and I've been for a while. And you get a little nice, nice little discount. I got everyone in my band thirty five foot guitar cables, so we can all roll into the crowd. <laughs> I, I'm not an artist for Covenant Cables. I'm an enthusiast, and I just could not be more excited that they sponsored the trip to Nam. Yeah, that's nice of them. Local, local homies. Local homies, indeed. It was super cool to see them down in um, in, in L.A. slash Orange County. Most of it was or- in Orange County, but we did party in L.A. as well. It was a good time. Cool. 
Those are places I've heard of. Those are places I, I, I really enjoyed being back down there. I used to live down there for a while and I felt very much at home, especially the, when I hit in and out the moment I got off the plane. So. Did you do, is that the last thing you did before you got on a plane as well? It was the last meal I ate. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have one in the airport. That surprises me. Nope. None in the airport. Mm. So before we get into this episode, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I believe we're, we're like giving some stuff away. Is that what's going on? Yeah. We're giving away a limited edition pink grazer by our friends at Dwarfcraft Devices. Again, my favorite weird pedal. And after I shamed my my singer on, on last week's episode, she was like, you can put it on your board. I'm like, you say that now. <laughs> and then and then I play it. And you're going to be like, mm. no, nah, she loves it. She likes it. We were, we were playing with it this weekend. So I think I've I think I've worked it back onto mine back onto my board. I have a black one and we're giving away the pink one. So uh, head over to our Instagram and uh, enter. All you have to do is follow us and Dwarfcraft Devices. Uh, repost tag two friends in our comments repost the picture with the hashtag get offset grazer minus the e in grazer i'm sorry to be confusing but i made the no, typo no. and then i had to roll with it no it's all good yeah it is good i mean it's free and it is free. the best things in life are they free I don't know, but pedals are pretty great. So pretty I, I'd great. say that's at least a, that's at least a pretty good thing in life. Yeah, totally. Um, and uh, just really quickly, because uh, we always forget this until the end of the episode, uh, we have a Patreon. Get off, uh, just patreon.com slash get offset, I think. Uh, we have a couple levels of support that are possible. For $25, I will write you a song. Um, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It's really helpful for us and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm so close to 500 subscribers, Andrew. That is so radical. Yeah. So close. I'm like 15 away. No, it was really neat to walk around the NAM floor and talk with everybody about uh, the demo channel and how much success we've had this fast. And it was, it was one of my favorite experiences, like recurring throughout NAM was like, oh yeah, this is what our numbers look like and seeing people's eyes just light up with oh 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 shoot like you've only been doing this in september right they like the numbers huh? they like the numbers numbers. all right so let's uh let's dive headlong into this episode uh ahead of you there are interviews from some of my favorite people in the industry there's an interview in there that i've been wanting to get for a while uh there's actually several interviews in here that I've been wanting to get for a very long time. I know there's one that we tried to get this summer, so I'm glad we finally got it. Yep, there's that. Uh, uh, I, let, let's just say this. Right up front, we got an interview with Robert Keeley that I've been wanting to get for multiple years. Like Before I started this podcast, I knew that this is going to be what I wanted to talk to him about the moment I met him. So without further ado, I present to you Robert Keeley and the rest of my experience at NAMM. All right, I'm here with Robert Keeley. Robert, how are you doing today? Doing great, sir. How are you doing? Uh, I, I'm doing great. A little starstruck. It's great to finally meet you. I've got a question for you. What high school did you go to? Kaiser Slautern American High School in West Germany, 85 to 88. <laughs> Fun fact for you, I'm class of 2012 from the same high school. Is that right? Holy cow. I wonder how different or similar it was. 
I imagine it's pretty different. It's especially different now. I know they just demoed the building and they built a new one. <laughs> but I, uh, I did my uh, last couple of years of high school uh, in Kaiserslautern. Is that right? No, I, had, I got my first effects pedals from, uh, from K-Town, downtown music store that was down there. And uh, we used to play guitar in that little center area. There used to be a grassy area where you could like go outside and play guitar and stuff like yeah. that, like the smoking area or something. But yeah, that was a great school, wasn't it? It really was, and that's where I learned how to play guitar, too. Uh -huh. I joined my first garage band. We were called Rainy Thursdays. Right. We were terrible, but it was a lot of fun, and that's where I started to fall in love. Oh, my gosh. My, my first band there was called, like, Stonehenge, and <laughs> we played various types of metal, <laughs> good and bad. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you. I've got one final question for you. Uh, we're at the front end of 2020. There's a lot ahead of us in the next year. What do you want to see change in the pedal industry in the next year? Shoot, I just want more pedals to come out. I, I've, in just the brief moments that NAM has been going on, it's amazing the stuff I've seen from jam pedals and everybody else. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. It's really incredible. Tons. More pedals in 2020. More pedals it is. Thank you so much for being on. We really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Standing outside, getting a little bit of fresh air and getting a break from the sound. I'm with Matthew Hoops and Mark Johnson. How you guys doing? Doing good. Hey, we uh, collectively are very good. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank Co you for asking. Collectively is always a good thing. <clears throat> yes. This, this whole industry is just like one giant family I'm learning. It's really strange. It's really relationship driven. <laughs> that is mostly true. That was one of the main reasons that I really wanted to come to NAM this year is just to see a lot of friends that I don't get to see in, in person very often. Yep. Oh, I'm so. totally with you. I mean, you guys included a lot of people I've met on the internet, listen to your music. And now I'm sitting here like actually talking to you guys in person. This is super awesome. So. Yeah. So the question I'm asking everybody is we're at the front of 2020. we got a big year ahead of us. What do you want to see change in the pedal industry? Uh, I mean, 2020 is clearly the year of sliders. 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 Yes. Uh, yeah. All Old Blood's got the new, uh, yeah. the, the faders on the new on the new pedal and Maris Chase Bliss collab and Chase Bliss Benson collab. So I'm just going to, I'm going to cut everyone off at the pass. I'm just going to buy six Ibanez Echo Shifters and call it a day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's gonna be the next like hot vintage pedal. The Echo Shifter. Yeah, look out. <laughs> Buy them up now. There we go. An Echo Shifter modified with an expression uh, input, yes. so you can use the Old Blood slider. There you go. That would be cool. More yeah. sliders. More. That's 2020 is the year of sliders and or uh, phasers. And then they're gonna have to do a flying pan rehoused with with fa with faders. Anything that we can put faders on. Uh, I've I've actually recently commissioned a uh, 1981 DRV with only faders. Yes. <laughs> It's in process. Yeah, uh, but it's the, the 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 bypass switch is also a fader. It's uh, it's really just a zero to full wet. You can kind of turn it on if you want. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what I would want. I keep waiting for people to get sick of amp modeling, but it just doesn't go away. I have good news for you. Yeah. As somebody who cut their teeth on fake amps on Instagram for the last four years, yeah. I, in the last couple like months, have been telling everyone I am finally sick and tired of amp modeling. Right. Uh, I, I got a Benson Vinny, and now I've realized that uh, anything that you have to plug into your DAW to listen to is dumb. There you go. I shouldn't no, say that on a podcast. It's crazy. It's like the funniest... <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been using digital modeling since the 90s with like pods and like amp farm and like you know all these things yeah, but, yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. It's just like I I like the idea of like having a little headphone set up. I love I love like the Boss Katana headphones. Yep. Oh my gosh. I think those are super fun. And I think like Waza headphone ones. Yeah, like they sound that, amazing. Oh yeah, like that's what I'm like into as far as like modeling. Like that's an amazing use of modeling. Mm -hmm. But I even like think of like the best ant modelers, and I'm like, if I'm ever in a scenario live or in the studio, when I can use tubes and speakers and yep. pedals and cable, you know, just like yeah, yeah, it's if I can do it that way and like microphones, yep, if I can have all of those, there's I would never choose the digital version of that. Right, uh, there's Same. just I just won't, and so though to me, I would like to see all modeling move to like practice based and you know yep. just kind of like screwing around at your house you know, instagram videos it, and that's yeah, about yeah. It. yeah it's yeah. funny you say that because yeah, last like, few months i've been really like kicking myself i should i just get rid of my amps and go for something digital and i haven't sold them yet and one of the things i'm searching for here is i've only played with a handful of digital modelers can i find something that's going to sound decent enough for headphones that'll make me feel okay if i if just an all-in-one solution and i don't know if i'm going to be convinced we'll find out tomorrow's yeah. going to be my demo day to start listening okay the, the, the iridium's dope um yep. my advice I, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday actually because he's got like a fender twin and a jcm head and cabinet and all this stuff and and i was going like i mean if you really need like an at-home solution with kids and yeah all that stuff if you have an amp that you just aren't that married to, that like you don't like enough that you're considering switching to digital, just sell your least favorite amp, buy an aux box. Just buy an IR loader, uh, a load box, that kind yeah. of thing. Because then you can still use your real amp and bypass the speakers completely, except for when you need to go into the studio or play live yeah. or whatever. The aux box does seem nice. It's also a lot, but it's, you know. It is a lot, but it's so nice. It adds some realness in some mm -hmm. real tubes. And, right. You know, some actual, circuitry is yeah I, I can see that i also really like the the direct out option on the vinny because okay, you can yeah. run the vinny into a cab sim and that i mean the vinny's That's so quiet a, that you can do it either way i have talked to chris actually about releasing an amp that is you know full tube regular amp mm -hmm. that also has a cab sim like built into the chassis like, that yeah, would be dope like out yeah that one's just got the uh yeah just like you got your eight ohm out or mm -hmm. your uh, your line level out but even just the line level out so like convenient to go I still want my tubes but then uh -huh. I can run it I can downstream it to stereo wet effects and a cab simulator right yeah. I mean I, I talked to Grant from Big Ear about this uh, you know like when he did his NAM display we really started looking at because we were looking for a headphone specific mm -hmm. setup and we wanted to have tubes and speakers and I forget what you guys ended up with the uh, Hughes and Kettner ones Hughes, right? those Hughes and Kettner ones but yeah we literally couldn't find, there's not a lot of options no, uh, it's besides really limited. doing a, uh, an amp with an aux box, which, yep. is, which is very expensive. Yeah, you're looking at like, you get a cheap, decent head, you're still spending two grand per setup. Yeah. Like, which for some folks, that's great. I'm not your average praise and worship musician. I don't have that much money. Yeah, you don't have an extra like $17,000 for a new guitar rig. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and there's also no joy in like the camper stuff for me, so I can't go that route. And, yeah, it's it's one of those funny things where I hear people use it and it sounds good and yeah. I'm, I'm always like, yeah, if you want to use that on a recording yeah. or in a live scenario, that's great. I definitely see how it makes sense for like metal bands that yeah. are oh, constantly yeah. fighting like buzz and, and game before um, feedback and, and yeah, yeah, all sorts. Yeah, of, I totally get like how it makes sense for them and also like it's not like I think that 
Mesa Boogie or Soldano or Cool anyway, so like, yeah, you might as well play a Kemper of it. You know, a, <laughs> right. You know, whatever heavy sounding. Totally. Diesel, Wagner. Uh, I, think, I think a lot of that stuff, I think a lot of the like big box modeling stuff reminds me of some of those companies that make uh, the like clinically perfect version of a Fender guitar. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like a Telecaster, but engineered by NASA. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I just find myself going, I don't want to play a perfect thing. I, I yeah. want to fight with it a little bit. Yep. I feel like I get most of my like fun creativity out of the fact that like I don't actually know when the Thermae is going to like throw two octaves down and have nothing but clock noise. Yeah. But it's more magical. And uh-huh. I would rather do that than, than use a a digital pitch shifting device. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna change the subject a little bit sure. and I'm gonna plug a little bit. So th- I, what I've got here in my hands is a Fox Cairo topper on a DoD expression pedal. Cool. Uh, I brought it along just to share with it. It's not Very the primary cool. reason why I'm here, but I wanted to get your thoughts and your feedback. It's like a skate deck. I like it. Is it, like texture wise and everything? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's grip tape. Like can, uh, yeah. I, I like how small this is. I like the I'm, form factor of those little guys. Yeah, I just, I, I kind of want yeah, everything on my, on my board to be around the same height. Is that expression only or just volume? This, this expression one's expression only. only. The volume version of the like, DoD uh, is yeah. silver chassis. Okay. Cool. So. Yeah, it looks great. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So are you, are you plugging the, the grip tape on top or the whole unit? Uh, so you take off the stock topper and you install that guy. Ah. And so the benefits are you can get whatever artwork you want on it. You've got that heavy-duty grip and it glows in the dark, which <laughs> my inner child loves. There you go. Can I get it in those stars that used to go on your bedroom ceiling? Uh, if that's what you want. Perfect. In that case, sold. And then the last question I've got for you guys is I'm trying to convince everybody, uh, whether or not it's in vain, we'll find out, but I'm trying to convince everybody 2020 is the year of orange for the gear industry. The amp company like or the color? No, just the color orange. Okay. Like, does that mean that they, that orange by default is also going to have a really good year? Maybe. I disagree. Oh yeah, you is orange. Orange is your favorite color. Orange is my favorite color, wow. and actually redacted. I I'm pro it only because redacted. I love Albie from Sinusoid. Yes. Yep. No, I'm so happy he moved out to Seattle. He and I've been oh, hanging out and just bonding over your love of Tropicana. Yep. And, and I just got uh, that orange Jennings, and that's right. The Jennings is orange. I should have yep. realized that that wasn't an accidental choice. I'm a little bit of an orange fiend. <laughs> I forget who I was talking to, and they were like, "Yeah, orange pedals just don't sell very well." And I was like, "Uh, DS1." <laughs> <laughs> what like are the, the most sold? Pedal yeah, of all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hilarious, but yes, they, uh, <laughs> you should get a DS1. Well, what I need to get do is get, swing back around, save up a little cash, and get a DRV in orange. Yes, because you I'll, did that run in I'll orange do, back in October. Yes, and I just bought I've something actually, else. I've done two runs in orange. Oh, okay. Uh, I did one with Grant. That was the pumpkin spice. Orange. Yes, it's a little different. Pumpkin spice orange. Gosh, I need to get another DRV just to have like another cool color. <laughs> yeah. I got the color one. I got the white one. Yeah, we need to we need to make a Mark Johnson Mark oh. Johnson signature. There we go. There you what go. Now we're be? talking. What would that even be? Yeah. You know what? It's gonna be orange. I've been on record for a long time as my favorite to... color being orange, yeah, and anybody who says that they are trying to make that happen too. Yeah. They're just they're just biting me, man. Yeah. All right. Well, let's make orange. <laughs> I mean, that's orange orange is the color for 2020. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. All righty, I'm here with Cody at the Empress Effects booth, and we got some pretty cool, pretty cool uh, release. We got stand, I'm staring right in front of me. So Co- I'm here with Cody. Cody, could you tell me a little bit about what you guys are releasing right now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so 
For NAM 2020, we're showing the uh, Zoya, which uh, we released as a, a guitar pedal, essentially, uh, last year, but we've got it now as a uh, Eurorack module. Uh, so it's similar to the Zoya pedal, but now you can interface it with all your other Eurorack modules, and then it's got CV inputs, CV outputs, um, and it's also, you can be used completely standalone as well. It comes uh, with an optional enclosure that you can hook a power supply up to. It's got a headphone jack on it. You can just sit there and, you know, play it completely on its own. That looks super awesome. I'm very excited to see the Eurorack. That, that brings it to a whole new market, which has got to be super exciting for you guys. Uh, also super exciting. Tell me a little bit about this compressor I'm staring at. I can tell you right now it looks gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're really excited about the compressor. Uh, it's the, So the compressor MK2, we've, uh, we released our original compressor, I think in 2011. And uh, so this compressor, we've kept all the good stuff about that original compressor, but we've added some features to it. We asked our customer base, you know, the things that they would like to see in, in it if we were to do an update of it. And we took all those ideas and incorporated it. So uh, it's a smaller box, one, that's the big thing. Uh, it's a much smaller format. And it's got top-mounted jacks, which everybody seemed to want top-mounted jacks. So you can cram as much pedals beside each other as possible. Uh, we've also added a, uh, a built-in sidechain filter. So all right. for uh, bass guys especially, who, you know, they don't want to over-compress their tone with all that low frequency. You can filter uh, 120 or 240 hertz uh, out of the sidechain so that basically it'll only clamp down on your, your you know, high frequency stuff. Uh, and what else is new about this guy? Yeah, so actually we're coming, we're releasing it in two different enclosures. So we've got this uh, nice blue sparkle here that you see. Uh, and we've also got uh, kind of a more vintage inspired uh, brushed aluminum enclosure. That looks super awesome, uh, and I don't know if you know this, but orange happens to be one of my favorite colors. Oh, there you go, yeah. So awesome. the, the orange and blue one definitely has my heart. Speaking of orange, so I've got a theory, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, but my theory is that orange is the color of 2020 for the guitar industry. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I have been seeing some orange around here. It seems like we might be headed in that direction. Uh, we've got a beautiful orange tremolo over there, too, you might be really interested in. So, you know, yeah, I, I like that. I can see that happening. And then last question for you, I'm asking everybody is, what's the beginning of the new year, new year, new industry? So what do you want to see out of the industry in the next year? Uh, it can be anything about products, it can be something about culture, but what do you want to see change for the better? I mean, I guess, you know, it's a, it's a really exciting time to be in the industry right now. Uh, we're seeing like a lot of collaboration as far as, uh, you know, like for example, like with the Zoya, the, the, the Facebook user group of Zoya users who are sharing like patches and all that stuff, uh, you know, completely free. It's just like a very open community. Uh, everybody's welcome in there. Everybody's sharing ideas about how to make patches and like teaching the kind of the the beginners to sort of the modular world how to build upon patches. I think you know that's really cool to see. Like everybody sort of chipping in, helping out each other, and hopefully you know more of that everywhere in the industry. Yeah. yeah. It's good to hear you say that. You're not the first person to say that today, and it's, I'm really excited to see uh, people actually follow through on that. And we've had some really great stuff happen, but let's see what the future's got for us. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Andrew. Thanks a lot, man. Good to meet you. 
Good morning. Good gravy. Um, so it is now the morning of Friday, so my second day of NAM. I haven't uh, even left my place where I'm staying to head in yet, uh, but got a lot of sleep last night, feeling a lot better. A little bit of a headache, but I think that's just going to be the way it's going to be for the the next few days. I've got some aspirin I, I can take, but just wanted real quick, uh, just debrief a little bit in my head about what I ha- what happened yesterday and what I'm looking forward to today. We'll see what we get into. So yesterday, I got a couple of interviews, not nearly as many as I was planning or hoping for, but I think that's just part of the adjustment process. I mean, my first time at NAM was, that was a lot to take in all at once, gotta say. So, a little overwhelming, admittedly, but I managed to get my head around the show floor and started to to get a little brave to start walking up to people, asking for some interviews, um, some talking, some networking, actually sitting down and plugging into to amps and stuff and playing through all every what everybody's got to show off. I was um, starting to feel a lot more comfortable by the end of the day. So some highlights of the day were, uh, got to say, uh, so, so awesome to have the opportunity to talk to Robert Keeley for a couple of minutes. The dude is an absolute sweetheart. I uh, really appreciate that. I've actually been looking for a, a chance to interview him for quite a while because I've known that we went to the, the same high school um, for a hot second and been wanting to, to drop that connection, wanting to connect with him. And it was good to finally get to see him in person, get to talk about it a little bit. And uh, that was a highlight. Other highlight of the day has got to be getting my Jennings guitar. And oh boy, that was that was something special. It was Super crazy, so I went to go meet with Chad in the morning to go pick it up, and uh, parked, he came out to meet me, and then went inside to this Airbnb that they were staying at, and I walked in, and it's Chad Jennings, Curtis Lambertson, um, Brian and Bradford from Worship Tutorials, I'm like, oh, so this is the Cool Kids Club then, this is awesome, uh, it was great to meet everybody, um, uh, it was great to catch up and see Curtis again. Absolute wild ride. Seeing the guitar, I I think Curtis got a video of it. I need to track that down sometime today. Uh, but he got a video of my very childish giddy squeaking as Chad opened up the case and handed the guitar to me. I, I about died. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of words as one of those speech, speechless moments, but I, I'm so, so, so psyched about this guitar. Um, the plan for today... Uh, got a couple of meetings, got a handful of people to talk to. Um, uh, yesterday, I, I spent a lot of time in the boutique section, but I didn't make it to a couple of the bigger booths that I need to make it out to. Um, I do need to make it to the Fender booth, the Boss Roland booth, and I do need to make it to uh, uh, the Martin and Taylor booths. So it's going to be some of the, the larger booths for today. Looking forward to it. Um, I especially need to go to the Gibson booth. Uh, so I ended up at the... The Gibson Live at the Grove event last night. Shout out to uh, Cam from Gib Sunday for getting me in the door. Uh, it was super awesome. Uh, so many great performances and uh, a couple of couple of uh, guitars on stage. I I think might be prototypes for signature models. Uh, I could be totally wrong, but I I could have sworn the uh, the guitar Emily Wolf was playing looked. Uh, not like something I've seen in Gibson's standard line 
or something that I remember Gibson releasing from a while ago. So either it's an oddball release or I don't know. They might be doing a signature for Emily Wolf. I'm pretty excited. Um, but got to catch up with a couple of folks. Got to catch up with an old friend of mine I knew from the Guitar Center days. Uh, a lot of good chatting, connecting, uh, some great performances. It was a good time. I need to go to the Gibson booth to follow up and, and to have some chit-chats. Uh, maybe a couple of interviews. It's going to be a good time. Uh, and then the other big thing for today is uh, a friend of mine did get the Jennings guitar in as a vendor. So I'm going to be walking around the show floor with that and going to be attempting to demo. We'll see how my rig holds up to uh, taking direct input from from uh, any of the booths that have amp sims at them. Nice thing is any of the booths with an amp sim means I can just hijack the headphone out. Um, and plug directly into my little recording rig here. So we'll see what I can come up with demo-wise. If it ends up sounding terrible, I do apologize in advance. Just know that uh, I'll, I will be talking more about the equipment later, and I'm sure we'll be getting some demos on the, on the YouTube channel for you. So that's about all I've got for the day one debrief on my way into day two. Super excited. The caffeine's starting to hit me, and let's do this. Let's get this bread. I'm pretty excited. Let's do it. All righty. So I'm here with Ben from Band Labs. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. It's day two. Still holding on. Yeah. I, I'm hanging there, too. I, I think I need, like, a Red Bull or something to just keep me, like, boost me up quite a bit. I'll get you one later. No worries. <laughs> All right. Red Bull it is. So speaking of boost, that puts us in the realm of dirt effects. Oh, yeah. And uh, rumor has it you've got a couple of dirt effects that just dropped. Tell me a little bit about what, what we're looking at here. Well, so I represent the brand Tysco. Uh, last year we put out a delay, a fuzz, a boost, and this year we're sort of just jumping into that world of gain a little bit more. Mm -hmm. We have the Tysco Overdrive, which is a classic, transparent, low to medium gain yep. overdrive. It's got a little toggle switch called Kick on it, and that All brings right. you from low to medium gain. Okay, cool. So it's just a nice little preset thing to have there if yeah. you need that extra bit of juice. Yeah. You know, it does the warm thing, warm punchy thing really well, warm and punchy things really well. Um, great for pushing your amp, great for stacking with other, other overdrives. And then we have the Tysco Distortion. So that is your classic British style kind of distortion, you know, really like crunchy, classic rock tones, yeah. JCM type thing. All right, now um, we're talking. Yeah, and it's, a, it's actually a dual channel situation. So we have a independent gain boost channel. Yep. And it's just called more, when you need more. Right. And then you have, on the left side, you have the actual distortion channel with a bunch of toggle switches and just a lot of fun and EQ on that side. And you can stack them together. Uh -huh. The boost is pre-distortion. Um, right. And yes, a lot of permutations on how you can use that one. I love options. A huge fan of options. We all um, are, yeah. Speaking of just opening up the world of options and possibilities of what you can do, you guys just dropped an interface in a guitar pedal, which yeah, is a did. super rad idea. And that opens up the entire possibilities to connecting to DAWs and VSTs and all the plugins you can imagine. Tell me yeah. more about what that's looked like for you guys. I want to hear about price point. I want to hear, uh, I, I want to hear how people have been responding to it. We're at, towards the end of day two of NAMM. I, tell me everything you, you know about it. All right. So it looks just like a regular pedal. It has two inputs, two outputs, and then it's got a funny USB-C on the side. And people are like, what, what is this? Um, at its core, this is a recording interface. So it does need to be per, uh, connected to a laptop or any other DAW device, like a tablet or a phone. So it still needs, that still needs to happen for it to work. Mm -hmm. So recording on the fly, silent practicing, that's, that's all easy. Um, but on top of that now, you can bring 
your studio grade plugins to your live rig. Mm -hmm. That's that's all possible now. Like everything from like the latest neural DSP plugins. Right. You can not you can now bring like Nolly from Periphery and his gent tone yeah, yeah. to your gig with one pedal and your laptop. It's all you need. Um, it's also an effects routing monster for another different reason. It has two dual mono inputs, but dual TRS outputs. So that allows you to do a whole ton of things. You could be running one channel into a stereo amp setup and the other channel into your headphones, direct to front of house, to pair of studio monitors. You can do all of that. Or you could be sending dual stereo together yeah, yeah, yeah. to four amps. You could, be, you could run channel A through the front of your amp and then channel B through the send return of your amp and have different plugins run on both of those channels. So you could have your drives on channel A, you could have your wet effects on channel B. Yeah, yeah. And that's literally just one pedal and your laptop and your amp, and that's your performing rig. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of like wet, dry, wet rigs and oh, yeah. any amp combination rigs. You got one amp in the left and one amp in the right. Oh, yeah. uh, all those permutations, I, I just love that wall of sound you can get, especially with like different delays and reverbs and just get absolutely massive with it. Yeah. So, dude, that's really awesome. What's the price point on that going to be? Price point on the interface is only one twenty nine. <laughs> okay, one twenty nine is really, really good. It is. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're not we're not going to claim that this is some Apollo twin interface. It's not. You know, it's a basic interface, but it's catered specifically to guitarists. Right. And that's why we want it to be. We want it to be accessible to everyone. You know, whether you're a beginner starting out starting out at home, writing your first song and looking to track guitars. You know, or whether you're on the road and you're suddenly hit with inspiration and you need something on the fly to get the next idea down. Oh, yeah. You know, that's all possible now. And, yeah. Well, and that's totally accessible. I could see this being really great for churches and praise and worship folks because a lot of churches are running silent stages and this is the kind of thing where you could get full control over even you could just send that signal to front of house and run your die at front of house and just let your front of house engineer run all of that. Yep. There's, there's just... We haven't even discovered all the possibilities with this, with the interface. So we were like, we were actually rushing out the, the full manual, uh, before before we launched the, pr the product at NAM, and then we we came with like we came up with like 13 different scenarios on how to use it, and they were like, crap, we can't, we can't design the the whole manual in time. Right. Let's just cut it down to six first, and then we'll just update it later. Right. So yeah, it's 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 been really overwhelming that we right. to to have this technology and put it into a pedal format, and just. Just figuring out along the way what this thing can do for everyone. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of a Princess Bride quote from Inigo Montoya, where he says, "Let me, no, there is too much. Let me sum up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Overdrive also 129, very accessible price point. The two-channel distortion 149. Two channels for 149. That sounds like a deal to me. Yeah. All right, so I got a question for you here, right. and I want you to hear me out before I finish. My or hear me out, let me finish the question. So 2020, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge fan of the color of orange, specifically orange. And I've got this crazy wild theory that 2020 is the year of the color orange. What are your thoughts on that? Am I crazy or you want to see more of that? I think crazy is not a bad thing. I think you're almost there. I mean, our new overdrive is yellow, but the, the undertone under that yellow is orange. So that's what we've got on the pattern. And yeah, I mean, crazy is not a bad thing. You're almost there. I mean, we're all, Tysco is almost in line entirely with, with, what, with your vision. Yeah. And a huge fan of that. So 
You know, I, I always love being called crazy. It makes me smile because it's totally true. I, I own it fully, 100%. So we're, we're January of 2020 right now. Big year ahead of us, and I'm probably going to see you next year at Winter NAM. Uh, so we got a year. What do you want to see change in the gear industry between now and then? I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you go with this question. Yeah. I'm going to leave it pretty open-ended. Take it away. I mean, I've, I've got a bunch of things just going through my head right now. Um, but I think collaborations on the rise is really exciting to me. I mean, a few years back, we had the JHS and Boss uh, Angry Driver, right? That, yeah. that thing happened. Um, and then this year, we have Chase Bliss and Maris with the Automaton. And it's like... Oh my God! And then there's—I mean, there's the blooper as well, and that's—and that's right. a collaboration between a demo artist yep. and a builder. It's not even two builders, mm -hmm. so it's—it's it's wild, like all these collaborations that are happening. There's even a compressor on one of the pedal boards um, in our booth by a, a brand called Collaboration Devices, and it's an amazing, amazing compressor. Um, there are tons of engineers and musicians that were involved in creating this. It's a VCA-inspired compressor. It's killer. It's killer. It's got the meter and everything, so like, it's it, it's definitely on the rise. You yeah. can you can you can sense it across the industry. Um, so I'd love to see more of that. In terms of like, user interface on on products, mm -hmm. I think sliders are making a comeback. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know if, if they were a thing before, but sliders are happening. So um, one of my favorite bass builders right now, her name is Lisa Ellis Han, uh -huh. uh, and she works out of the Sadowski the Sadowski uh, workshop actually. Um, and her preamp, her three-band preamp EQ, sliders. And then you have Old Blood Noise Endeavors yeah. with their new expression pedals. The expression slider. The That's only like 40 bucks, dude. It's like nothing. Yeah. It's crazy. And only a few years back, you know, um, I mean, you, you do have like 10-band EQs and all that. They have sliders too. Um, but then J-Rocket came up with their IQ compressor, and that had the compressor, the blend, and sliders as well. Um, but I think sliders are coming back in a like funky retro sort of way. Uh, I want to see more of that actually. I really yeah, yeah. want to. Yeah. No, I'm a huge fan of funky and retro. I actually just got my Jennings guitar that's sitting right here. It's a super funky retro vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think faders is going to be really great. I wasn't expecting it to see as much as of it round, and I'm not mad that I'm seeing so much of it. Right. Yeah. And it just. Uh, if nothing else, opens the door wide open for us to say, get faded unironically. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I'm just, well, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Let's get faded in 2020. And faded. Fadered. Faded. Cheers. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's me with, here with Rick Matthews. You want to tell me a little bit about the, uh, the Futurist? Yes, the Futurist is a BPM generator and MIDI controller that we're really excited about. It can do a lot of cool things. And apparently, it's much smaller than a lot of people think. A lot of people thought it was bigger, you know, maybe a little bit bigger than this, but it's compact. It can fit on any board. Look at all those features, and boy, does it shine. Yeah. See, I also thought it was going to be a lot bigger than that. I feel like it's like Terraform 2.0, because everybody thought that Terraform was going to be massive. And then we all sigh, we're like, oh. That's so, so cute. It's so cute. It's so tiny. That's exactly this. Um, and really, the idea was to create stuff that was compact. It wasn't going to take up a bunch of space on your board. But you get a ton of features. We do it a little bit differently. You know, we got some cool artwork going on with this thing. The finish, I mean, gosh, it looks like a million bucks. 
You got three different MIDI outputs. You got 3.5 millimeter, you got five pin, you got USB over here. The USB can do MIDI, it can power the Futurist, and then you'll also use that to update the firmware and to edit all of the presets and everything on this thing uh, so you can do it from the comfort of your computer. I didn't realize you could power it over USB, and what USB jack are you side on? It is this one, which I said wrong earlier. I believe it's just a mini USB. It's not a Type-C. I'm spacing. It's a mini, it's a mini USB. We're gonna include one with the pedal. So when you get it, it comes with a USB cable, so you don't even have to worry about that. There you go, no more digging through your own uh, cell phone chargers, trying to figure out some way to hack something up to make it work. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so help me out here. The whole idea of this is you wanted to re-engineer what MIDI looked like for folks and make it really accessible to folks like me who don't have a lot of experience. So how did you do that? So for me as a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience with MIDI, how does this help me? Yeah, so I really saw an opportunity in the market with stuff being really convoluted and complex and it just felt like there's a huge wall between users and the functionality that they wanted. So I saw a really cool opportunity to make that a lot simpler. So on the device itself, everything is very linear. It's very simple. You can sit down and not know how to do anything and still figure out how to program this thing. You're not gonna get lost in menus and all that stuff. It's very easy to use in person. But then also, what I'm really excited about is for the computer editor, we're doing what's called our smart editor wizard. And what that lets us do is, uh, all you have to do is know the MIDI channel that your device is on, uh, and go uh, channel, brand, model, the action you wanna take. So let's say we wanna do a preset. Yep. It gives you a box to put in a variable, so let's say preset four, and then generate, and it's gonna generate the, the MIDI message for that specific device onto your pedal. That sounds pretty straightforward. I'm always really intimidated to see screens on pedals, and I think this is something I'm gonna have to give a shot. Yeah, we, did, we kept it, you know, there's not too many options. It's very simple. Uh, and what's also really cool is that it's gonna be a living product. So if the community wants certain features or want us to, wants us to change stuff, we just send out a firmware update and you're able to update your product to something new. That's pretty awesome. And so the, is it a web-based GUI or is it a downloadable? Right now it's a downloadable one. I want to uh, do a web-based one uh -huh. with obviously less features. Um, so you could do it from your cell phone or something like that. But we're launching it with Mac and PC. Mac and PC. What about Linux? Linux, you guys, you guys don't need our official support. I'm sure you'll just figure out how to make it work without it. If you know, if you know what Linux is, chances are you can just get the thing anyway. So, well, that's super awesome. Uh, un unrelated question entirely. In and out order. In and out order. Oh, you guys are gonna judge me. I mean, I do a plain burger with cheese and fries. Like no, like when you say plain, like no lettuce and tomato or? I don't like lettuce, I don't like tomato, and I don't like any weird sauces. I'm a super picky eater. Fair enough, and then I, the, but the beauty of In-N-Out is it still at that level, it still works really well. Oh, it's so delicious, it's so good, especially the french fries. We do In-N-Out, and then there's always like a Chick-fil-A within a block. So we do In-N-Out, and we get Chick-fil-A, and we eat them at the same time. Five calories in one dump, that's the way to do it. All right, well. I have a question for you. Okay, which would you rather do? Would you rather float 10 feet off the ground and be terrified of heights? 
or would you have to crawl on the floor, but you could play like Mateus Asado? Crawl on the floor? I'm already short, so uh, crawling the floor is just, it's really only a few inches farther down. Works out pretty well. Uh, my question for you, here we go, We're, it's dueling questions. Yeah. I have this weird theory that 2020 is the year of the color orange. What are your thoughts? Go. I think orange is a very strong front runner. You know, we've seen a lot of good candidates this year. And, uh, you know, ultimately it's going to come down to who has the most endurance, who has the, uh, the most desire to win, most fight. And uh, we're going to see who does the best and who comes out. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if orange came out the winner. I think orange has got to be a winner. Your turn for a question. Go. Uh... Uh, what is your favorite cartoon animal? Harry the platypus. Easy answer. <laughs> Either that, you know what? Let me go a little old school here. I, I take that back entirely. I'm going to go with Rufus the Naked Mole Rat okay. from Kim Possible. Okay. A little old school, but that's my childhood. You're, you're a Kim, Kim Possible kid. That's cool. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. It's uh, a way to do it. You know, I say that around the office. <laughs> I actually say that around the office of my day job, and people just look at me like I'm a, like I'm smoking something. It's been, it's been a long day, but that just made it made it worth it. So, all right, we're gonna change the tune up just a little bit here. I got a question for you, and we're gonna leave it super open ended. Take it wherever you want. 2020. This is January. We got a long year ahead of us. I'm gonna see you next year at Winter Nam. Between now and the next time I see you here on this floor, what do you want to see change in the gear industry for the better specifically? I mean, for me personally, I'm really excited about the concept of MIDI going to the 3.5 millimeter jack, which is why we are supporting it on this. You're starting to see companies like Boss, Wampler, Empress, uh, all move to this. And to me, it's a no brainer. I think it's such an improvement on something that's been kind of dead and boring for a long time. Uh, and so that I'm really excited about because I think it'll be a big improvement for people's pedal boards. Oh, yeah, because those five pin jacks are just so huge. I mean, you've got one on there just for, I mean, for rep, like, put that up on the camera for reference. A five pin jack versus a 3.5 millimeter jack. Just think about how tidy your cabling's about to get. Yeah. Because all these single, uh, single footprint pedals and everything like that, you know, you could fit an in and out jack with way more room than you could a five pin jack. But can you fit an in and out double double? Oh, you can fit an in and out double double. There's always room for a double double. There's always room for a three by three right about here. With animal. Uh, my, my standard order used to be a four by four, but then I realized I'd like to, I'd like to live to the age of 50. So, so now you're gonna live to the age of 60 with a three by three. 57, it's, it's like 27 plus 30. So that's sort of like the 27 club. It's hip enough, but still like, okay, like I had kids. This is great. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. We really appreciate it. And to everybody live at Matthews Effects Innovators, we love you guys. Take it easy. All righty, so coming to you from NAM, I'm here with Yvette Young. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Pretty, pretty spent after an entire day, but still got a little bit of gas. Yeah, it's my day too. I'm just, I, I am. I'm gassing out, I need to go get some caffeine in me. But today is a super special day for you because what are we staring at right here? We are staring at my new signature slime green sparkle Talman. And this is super awesome. And I'm seeing, am I seeing like orange speckles in there? Yeah, there's, there's a bit of orange, there's like yellow, there's green. I basically wanted it to kind of have depth. So I wanted to have different 
bits of sparkle in there. But yeah, I, I wanted something kind of flamboyant since I believe it's the Tommins have been discontinued for a bit and now they're like relaunching it. So I kind of wanted something very eye-catching for that. Oh yeah, eye-catching, super awesome. And you also have an orange sparkle that, I mean, I just love the color orange as a, as a general rule. So I've been a huge fan of that. Well, maybe, you know. So, <laughs> all right, so open-ended question for you. We're, we're at January 2020. We've got one more year until Winter Nam next year. What do you want to see change in the gear industry between now and then? I'm going to leave it very open-ended. Take that wherever you want to go with it. Change in the gear industry. I guess I feel like I feel like the gear industry is just very oversaturated and it's kind of hard to stand out. Um, I don't know what it's like to be someone who like you know works for a company trying to to stand out and like have a product that's like unique. Um, I just think from a consumer standpoint. A lot of people feel pretty overwhelmed by all the choices out there. And I think, I don't know, sometimes people, like, there's not enough information out there over, like, um, what's good and what's bad. And I think a lot of people think that expensive means better. Um, and from my experience as a musician playing different pieces of gear, I find that price has nothing to do with it. So I guess maybe, like, this is a very long-winded way to say this, but maybe, like, I hope people depend less on hype and popularity and, and go out and try things for themselves and make informed decisions for themselves um, that suit what they want sonically. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's something I can totally get on board with. I think something that I realized, I, we talked a little bit about this before we hit uh, record, but yesterday I walked in, I started to feel this like real sense of like, there is so much going on here and a little overwhelmed. And I. I'm someone who considers myself a little bit of a gear buff. I spent a lot of time going down this rabbit hole and learning as much as I can about it and realizing how much depth there is and realizing also that a lot of it's just, it's it's smoke and mirrors and some of the best folks that are making stuff right now are the not the ones you would think. Yeah. But it, it's, really, it's really, really exciting to get to try it all here in person and to see what that looks like. I wish it was a more appropriate environment to try gear. I had to try out an acoustic guitar today, and they're like, what do you think about the resonance? And I was just like, I can't, I can't hear over this guy blast beating right now. Like, there's no, I don't know. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just have to fight the urge to say, tone wood is a lie, which it's not, but yeah. it's just one of those, what do you even say at that point? place to check out all the cool boutique pedal companies that's I think that's where I get excited and also I really like um, synths and keyboards things like that so and you play a really killer piano I've listened to your piano EP a couple of times it sounds really great Thank you. Uh, so on the on the subject of pedals and whatnot something that I've seen a lot this year that's really surprised me is how many direct listen options and headphones there are as opposed to amps which has been really nice but uh, you also, do you, do you have any thoughts on direct options? On, on what options? Like direct, amp in a box kind of options, cab sims, anything under that branch. Amp in a box. Uh, I don't really use much of that. I mean, on the road I use the Yamaha THR. That's not, I don't think that's like a, that's, it's kind of like a practice amp, right? Yeah, yeah I, I like that one. The, the built-in chorus sound is really nice. I actually was super inspired by that said, and I wanted to actually use the built-in chorus to record, but it didn't work out. 
Um, I've got two more questions for you. So, do you want the, the, the softball goofy question or do you want a more introspective question? All right. Goofy question. So this is super green, and there's a reason why I called out the color orange in it, is that I've got this really strange, wacky theory. I personally really love the color orange, and I have this theory that orange is going to be the color of 2020 in the guitar world. I don't know if I've seen enough to convince myself of that yet, but I'm trying to convince other people. What are your thoughts on the color orange in 2020? I love orange, and I have plans, maybe. That sounds really intriguing, and I'm very excited. Uh, and then the last question I've got for you is, our podcast focuses a lot on diversity and inclusion. A lot of our listeners are uh, young women who are just getting started um, within the last couple of years. Uh, what advice do you have at this point in time for them joining the industry? I think one thing I struggled with initially is, you know, when you're... I don't think women are uh, um, certainly the majority in this industry. I think it's certainly male-dominant, although I think it's becoming very inclusive. I, I'm, I'm really optimistic about where it's headed, actually. Um, I think when I started out, I kind of had this sense of, like, like I knew what I wanted, but I was almost, like, scared to speak up about it just because I'm not particularly assertive. And I think um, this industry has its way of pulling you, like, a million different ways. Uh, I think when you join, just make sure to really concentrate on like who you are, what you want to stand for, what your vision is, and don't let people detract you from that. That's something I can definitely get behind. I'm also very hopeful for the amount of inclusion I'm saying. I think we've got a long way to go, but uh, the, the amount that, that it's changed even the last few years that I've had my hands in this industry has been really encouraging to see. And thanks to people like you who are standing up and being leaders in the industry. So my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. We'll have to have you on again sometime, and it was a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Good morning, Anaheim. All right, so day three uh, is upon us, and I'm just still just kind of soaking in day two. I woke up this morning thinking to myself, oh, wow, that was real. Like, that, that happened. Like, uh, yesterday was super rad. Um, I think my big takeaway from yesterday has got to be, um, and I hate to say this, but almost less about the gear and more about the people in the industry. I was just very encouraged by how much, uh, how, how awesome people were to get to meet in person. A lot of people I've been talking to on the internet for a couple of years, really kind of hammering, um, hammering that out and getting to finally talk in person. And you know what, guys? The folks in this industry are some of the, the coolest folks you'll ever meet. Uh, really, seriously, like a huge chunk of this industry good people and it was, it was really exciting to, to be a part of that I do that definitely have some gear highlights from yesterday um, I gotta say one of the things that really kind of grabbed my attention was the Epiphone rebrand throwback to the Kalamazoo headstock I think that looks super slick I do like it a lot better than the uh, the old headstock that they've been using for a while um, so that was a good move but specifically on the Epiphone Muse series uh, it's, it's kind of like a kid friendly slash more friendly Epiphone for people with smaller bodies. It's got a, a really skinny nut width that feels like a little bit too small for me, but I mean, I would have killed to have that as a kid. The body's a little bit thinner than your average SG or Les Paul. It just nailed it. Uh, other highlights, uh, the Harmony, Harmony booth, uh, Tysco booth was just off the rails, super rad. Uh, go check out their stuff. I'm, I got a great interview with Ben from them. 
another great in, uh, highlight for the day was interviewing Yvette Young. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit more with Emily, so I want to tell her the story, but it was a crazy turn of events. I didn't think I was going to be able to get to interview Yvette, um, gave up on it, and then a crazy turn of events following one after the other. But I'll tell you guys more about that later this episode. Uh, let's see here. What I'm looking forward to today is, for starters, uh, my good buddy, uh, college roommate, and former bandmate, uh, bandmate Caleb is in the car with me. How you doing, buddy? Great. How are you, man? I am caffeinated. That's the important thing right now. Uh, traffic is looking a lot better than it did last couple of days, so hopefully we can even get inside the doors a little early. Try and make the most out of this last day. Amex, really excited to join you. So let's see here. Highlights of what I'm looking for. Oh, I forgot to mention yesterday the other super cool thing I saw that blew my mind is Fender is doing noiseless Jazzmaster pickups and for the, the new uh, American Ultraline. And I, I got a chance to pick them up and take a look, and they sound great. They look great. I, I, everything about that build is just the epitome of what I love about offsets. So they absolutely nailed it. It's, it's, it's refreshing. Um, it's not... Uh, a historical jazz master it's definitely a new take but it's a take i can get behind i'm definitely a fan uh today let's see here man there's still the crazy thing is there's so many vendors on the floor i still haven't gotten through everything today i definitely want to hit old blood noise endeavors i need to find the maris folks go say hi to them uh and go check out some of their stuff i've got like i've got a running list of people i still need to grab today but um, after I grab the last couple of interviews and saying hello to folks, uh, the plan is to just enjoy the rest of the day. I'm gonna, um, I've been spending more time talking to people than I have playing guitars the last couple of days, which has been incredible. I think I'm just going to take advantage of this day, plug in, make some noise, and for fuzz sake, I mean, I just got to do it. So, well, that's, that's what we, I've got going in. We'll see how today turns out until, until later today, I guess. All right, coming to you from Nam with the Chase Bliss folks. How you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing good, man. So you guys have these two new products out I'm staring at right now. They're absolutely gorgeous. Tell me a little bit about them. Yeah, so these are the first two pedals that we're releasing in our new format, the uh, Automaton line. And this was the first one. We announced this one actually last year at Nam. We've just been working really hard on refining the hardware and getting the circuit just right. Uh, this one is a collaboration with Benson Amps. I'll show you the back here. Uh, it's based on coming in hot. It's based on the uh, preamp pedal that he released last year, which is, I believe, the uh, the front end circuit of his Chimera uh, with bets instead of tubes. And we just added a bunch of features to it, so parametric mid range from our Condor EQ, uh, selectable Q range. Uh, we added a couple other diode options to the preamp circuit, so you can get a few different kind of characteristics out of it that way. Uh, there's a really awesome fuzz circuit that can be open or gated, kind of like fuzz face, woolly mammoth sort of thing. Um, and then both of these pedals, the automatone format, uh, is fully automated controls, so they can save presets on board. And when you recall a preset, these are actually motorized faders. They'll jump to your preset positions. And all of these buttons have an LED ring around the outside to kind of indicate what state they're in as well. So that applies to both of these guys. Uh, that one should be out sometime like mid to late May. Uh, almost ready to go. We're just like refining the last little details. And then this guy is the second one in the format. This is a collaboration with Maris Effects and also our first stereo pedal that we're coming out with. Uh, this guy just. What's 
the what's the price point going to be on this guy? Because I really want it. We we don't have a price point or release date quite yet. This is, right. These are like the very first prototypes that we're showing off at the show, so there's still a little ways to go as far as like R and D and you know finalizing the hardware that sort of thing. We're hoping to be able to release it like late summer is kind of the expected date, but nothing nothing concrete quite yet. Gotcha. Yeah, we did just uh, announce the price for this guy. It's going to be 749. Uh, this one's a stereo platform, so it'll probably be just a little bit more than that guy, but we're going to try to keep it in that same general ballpark. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Now, question for you. So I've got this crazy theory that 2020 is going to be the year of the color orange. What are your thoughts on that? And are we going to see any orange petals from you guys, maybe another addition to the Automaton line? I love that theory. Big fan of orange. Uh, there's no immediate plans, but you never know. We did the uh, we did the orange warp vinyl hi-fi a little while back. That one was kind of a short-lived run, but uh, yeah, I'd be all for it. All right, and then I got I got a, uh, another question for you. Last question: It's January 2020. We got a long year ahead of us. I'm going to be seeing you guys next year, Winter Nam. Between now and then, what do you want to see change in the gear industry? Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, Randy, you got anything yeah. immediately? I mean. Yeah. The thought that comes to my mind that, that gets me really excited about things like these and like the mood and the dark world is just the, the idea of collaborating. Um, I, I really wish more companies would do that because it's not necessarily a zero-sum game of like, we're all in this to compete with each other, but we're all actually in this to support. And I think everybody benefits in that kind of an environment, including the users and the buyers, because you get a really unique product that maybe wouldn't have turned out the way that it did if it wasn't two separate people coming together and trying to figure it out. So. Like even just like silly things like we don't have a function for this yet, but there's a lot of conversation about what this could be, and there's different people giving feedback into that, which we could end up with something really neat with that jack. So things like that I think are really cool. So that's kind of what I would hope to see more of in the industry because it's a really great thing. Absolutely. There's, there's totally room for all of us to be here, and it's really great that you guys are committed to making sure that you're bringing everybody in with what you're doing. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Have a great day. Right, you too, man. Thank Thanks. You. All right. Check, check. One, two, one, two. We're seeing it. All right. So uh, I'll edit this into the video, but we're about to go see Earthquaker Devices. And I've been talking to a few of the folks over there and trying to get to the bottom of this crazy story of how I ended up with doodles inside of my Avalanche Run V1 and my data corruptor of just massive dick monsters. So let's go find out. Sam is the is the one who does all the doodles and supposedly that's our culprit. So let's go find out. Yeah. All right. So if you don't mind, I'm going to record. We've got you on camera. Okay. I'm Andrew. I'm with the Get Offset Podcast. Hi. What's and up? It's, I've been looking for you for quite a while. This is going to sound really strange. A couple of made three years ago I ordered a couple of guitar pedals through my Guitar Center employee discount right. and I made a request for a personalized doodle. Is there any way you guys could do that? And I ended up with something that was hilarious and I've been trying to figure out why for the few years now. Okay. Any of this ring any bells? I have done a lot of doodles but um, I kind of remember it probably depends on what day it was um, you said it was like three years ago? like three years three years ago do you have any idea before you look at the photo what you think it might be either a cat or something kind of vulgar maybe very vulgar <laughs> um does it have bad words sort of 
So here's what we've got. Oh, those are the flappy titties. Yeah, no, those are my flappy titties. Oh, that's what they are. So this is the flappy titty penis monster. Uh-huh. Um, so those are some, those are dicks. Those yeah. are tits. Um, free the nipples. Yeah, fart. Oh, yeah, I fart you. Uh-huh. Yeah, you suck. And, yeah. I remember you, Andrew. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> yeah, the titty. Uh-huh. I was really into drawing like weird dick titty monsters for a while. I've kind of switched to cats because we have like, you know, children and stuff that are getting stuff. But when we have a special request, I do really awesome titty. Usually for the lo the guys around the shop, I do that too. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of like dicks and titties. Yep. It's been a subject of conversation for quite some time, but I'm never selling those ever. They're just Good. amazing. Sure. You can't because they have your name on them. Yeah. yeah. It was really nice to meet you, man. It was really nice to meet you. Yeah. Thank you so much for Thank the uh, for the doodle. Yeah, Appreciate anytime. It. Send them in. Usually, I prefer to get like a Taco Bell gift card or like some pizza gift card in the mail too. Don't send a taco because that'll be like really soggy, and gross by the time. But if you what send, if it's wrapped in foil? It where do you? It depends on where you live. Because I'm in Ohio, so if it's like coming from like Cleveland, yes. If it's coming okay. any further from Cleveland, no. So probably not a Seattle? No, that would take too long. Maybe like a baklava or some kind of sweet thing would be good still. All right, well, I've got a couple, of, I've got a lot of Earthquaker pedals. Yeah, I'm sure I'll find something. Yeah, bring them in and yeah, sell, yeah, don't sell them, but bring them to me and I'll, I'll do more doodles for you, man. Well, I can keep going vulgar, like don't oh, worry. Yeah. I'll do it so crazy, man. All right, well, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it and we'll see you around. Thanks, Andrew. Nice. And that is why my voice is gone. Cause I kid you not, like I, I had to really cut down. Like I, I, there's definitely interviews that didn't make it in there, which I kind of feel bad about. There's just so much and more than just what I got on record. There is so much that happened off the microphone. It's absolutely insane. I just, I just spent a lot of time talking and I had the absolute ball of my life. Um, I had the ball of my life. And I owe it all to <laughs> Nam. And I owe it all to Nam. <laughs> yeah. I, I, if anyone hasn't hasn't picked up, uh, we're back with uh, just Emily and Andrew. Because <laughs> I don't think we had like a transition, transition, transition. No. So uh, that, that was the interviews we've got. Um, and this is sort of like a day three slash whole, whole entire trip decompression, sort of a, a chit chat real quick, just to tack onto the end of the episode. I got a couple of additional stories as well as, uh, my highlights as far as the gear itself, what got me pretty hyped. Yeah. I mean, you were there. I mean, there were, there were things that I was pretty stoked on just to see like secondhand like Tysco's stereo pedal that i know you talked about yeah 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 uh and uh, everything that old blood noise released looked really really cool and fender's guitars and epiphone and it just seemed like uh it seemed like a good nam there i the game changer pedal that has the spring reverb and the late that it's the optical wild. spring reverb Right. The optical spring reverb. That's crazy. And then of course Chase Bliss, uh, with their automaton, which I think is just a really funny name. I think it's <laughs> automaton. It's great. Yeah. With uh Maris and Benson. Oh really yeah. I mean collaborations of the wazoo. Uh I think well, walking around asking people what do you see more of in twenty 
uh, the question I asked everybody is, what do you want to see more of in 2020? And I think of the interviews I included on this episode, most of them all said more collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I, I, for all the people I have on camera saying that, I, I probably a hundred people tell me the exact, I, and no one is like going around telling each other, oh yeah, yeah, go. Andrew's going to ask you this question. This is what you, you should tell him, see if we can get him to buy it. Like it was like <laughs> consensus. That's just the feeling that we've got in the industry right now. Collaboration is the name of the game there, especially with like a major brands, like players like chase bliss. Like, oh, I yeah. feel like most of the, most of the recent pedals have been, I think collaborations. Like we look at, I think their last pedal that didn't no without mood was a collaboration. Yep. Blooper collaboration, both the automatones collaborations and then the Cooper FX thing, obviously a collaboration. And that was basically their, 2019 lineup oh yeah yeah absolutely so we're we we see and i've we've been seeing this for for like 2019 i think starting early off in our podcast when he interviewed matthew hoops um for one of our Mm. earlier episodes it was talking about like yo dude like this is capitalism we're and yet you're working with like what could be argued as your competitor as another pedal builder with bondi effects uh and like this is so cool to see that, and I think that's something that I'm really starting to hit me, and especially after this NAM, that there is so much room for everybody in this industry to to work together to get along, and that two, three, or four heads is is better than one. The amount of creativity that you can jam pack into this is pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of creative pe- people in the industry, and I think that in basically every facet of life and creativity. Um, you know, there, there are exceptions. There are times where you just have to hunker down and do your Walden, but so often just having different heads in a room, uh, especially people from different backgrounds and experiences, just, it breeds better things. And that's, so that's just really, really cool. Oh yeah, totally. So, and I, I think this leads me into probably what was my number one takeaway from Nam. Um, and I talked about this in my day two debrief, um, a bit that you heard earlier is that uh, my, the highlight as cool as the gear is for me has got to be the people of Nam, and the, just so many I got to meet so many incredible people I, I don't even know where to begin listing off the names uh, of of fans and friends and supporters and uh, people that I look up to in so many different ways of this industry and get to, getting to talk to them and having them impart any wisdom and advice and encouragement and, and kind words uh, it just the, the people there's so many good people in this industry that that's my main takeaway i was that was the one thing i was sad to, to miss out on was the people i mean honestly i think the people's what ca- i was so physically exhausted by the end of day two and yet i was so hyped to get back on the floor for day three mm-hmm. so yeah definitely people there's some really 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 great people in this industry guys so I hope I hope you told them all that I said hi. <laughs> uh, I told lots of people I said hi, and I've lost track of the number of people that um, I was supposed to tell you said hi. <laughs> if you told Andrew to tell me hi, just send me a message. <laughs> I, I've absolutely lost track, and I, I'm still trying to get through my list of people I'm following up with um, about conversations and people that um, said that they wanted to be on the show and. Uh, demos and all, all kinds of awesome stuff that was talked about off camera that I'm still trying to, to catch up with. But before, mm-hmm. before I uh, just absolutely lose myself in getting all gushy, 
Um, and then you'll hear me sobbing and with a hoarse voice. Oh, yeah. You were supposed to talk about the things that you liked. Um, well, so I can tell you about which one do you want to hear first? Do you want to hear uh, a couple of cool stories or do you want to hear uh, my top three gear highlights from Nam? Let's go with gear highlights and then stories. All right. Gear highlights. Uh, number one gear highlight for me is probably going to come as a, a surprise uh, because it's not one of the things that a lot of people were talking about. But mm. uh, when I, I was walking through the booth and the, the rep was showing me um, rep is a strong term. My, my friend who works at the company was showing me this particular product lineup. I looked at this and I said, Oh my goodness. The, the potential that this has, the implications that this has specifically for uh, e younger players and players with smaller bodies is huge. And I, I, it was just a very, very well thought out product lineup um, between the appointments on the particular guitar uh, and the price point and the colors. I thought it was just, I, I, I believe Epiphone has outdone themselves with the Muse series. And I've heard I, people talk about Epiphone, but I don't know if I've heard them talk about the Muse series in particular. Specifically the Muse series. I know that the 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 throwback to the Kalamazoo headstock has got everybody shook, which I think is awesome. I think uh, and is just another another uh, signpost that's signaling that Gibson's living up to the legacy that it has. Uh, and which is a really refreshing change after the last decade or so. Are I mean, they we, lightweight? Because I mean, the scale is just a normal, you know, 24 and three quarters scale. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so, so the Mew series. So here's, here's, there's two major things about it that make it feel like it's for like a smaller human is it's a really skinny nut width. Okay. Uh, and then the body itself is like a lot skinnier. So it's not a big fat, less Paul body. Uh, and it's got that slim taper neck on it that just, it almost feels like a shredder guitar in that sense. But I mean, it's, it feels so comfortable. I, I, I uh, my friend Kelly handed it to me and said, what do you think? And I, I immediately was thrown uh, for a loop because I just sold the Epiphone that I've had for over a decade <laughs> um, with this. And it was an Epiphone SG and a big D shaped neck on it. And it was super top heavy and, uh, great guitar. I, I, I love the absolute junk out of that thing. And I, it sounds like the guy that I sold it to is absolutely loving it as well. But uh, when I picked up the, the Muse series, I immediately thought to myself and said out loud, this is the guitar that I wish I had had when I was in middle school, high school. Nice. In a growing body with, with, with smaller hands with that were constantly trying to stretch to meet my, uh, it just it, it just felt so much more comfortable. Nice, that's cool. And I, I know this seems like a really dumb thing to get super excited about, but, but if we're really honest, though, three quarter size guitars are frequently not great quality, and uh, they kind of feel too small. And there's got there. I've been waiting to see more of an in between. The Taylor for acoustic guitars, it's been the Taylor GS right. Mini. For, for a while now has been that perfect seven eighths um, where so, like a, a, a full grown adult could still feel comfortable playing with it. And it put me very much in mind of that um, in, in terms of the way it felt. I didn't even notice that it still felt small, even though it was a full length. Um, 
And then other than that, the colors that they have in that lineup are, are super groovy, super vibrant, would make me very excited to play guitar. Uh, and the price point, I think it was like five or six hundred. I'd have to. Uh, the uh, the SG, I'm looking at the site, says 429, which is uh, almost unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it, they felt and played incredible. I, of course, if we're being honest, I'm sure that they like had their techs go through every single guitar that hit the floor of their booth to make sure that they were at top performance. But honestly, if that's what they're getting from the factory overseas and their tech can do it up real quick, I mean, that means at worst, out of the box is a little bit um, not quite as good feeling. And then uh, after a quick setup, your, your, which is what I recommend anytime you buy a new guitar. Right. I mean, it, these just gave me a lot of hope for young players uh, who, who are going to be joining us um, in the next few years. And if I was a salesperson at Guitar Center still, I, every family that walks in, I, I feel like I would at least have to pitch that as an option. All right. So what's your number two? Number two is the Yvette Young Signature Guitar. Nice. I heard that was heavy, it's but it's super really nice heavy. to see her having it. It's it. Yeah, eight or nine Yeah, pounds. it felt like eight or nine pounds, and it's got a super fat baseball neck on it. But I loved how it felt. I loved how it played. I tend to like fatter necks myself. Uh, they just they fit real comfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that green in, in person, though, that sparkle, there's so many other colors that are in it. And it, it's just it's a super vibrant, lovable, just absolute splash of delight. Uh, as far as the finish goes and it's super exciting. I think that makes um, Yvette the the second signature artist uh, uh, woman signature artist that Ibanez has behind Nita Strauss. (laughs) Oh gosh. I mean, yeah, that's, that's really cool that they have a second one. (laughs) Maybe they should have more at this point, but baby steps. This Ibanez has been a brown band for a brand for how long? It's been a brand for a while, but let's be honest, this is progress and this is exciting and could not have gone to a, a more radical, a more radical guitar player. Yeah, they've they've been around since 1957. Well, I mean, it is what it is. We're we're, we're making we're taking steps forward, and yeah, by all means, Yvette has by far earned this. There's, oh, there's yeah. not even a question. In my oh, mind. I'm not. I'm not saying she hasn't earned it. I'm saying that. Oh no, no, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Don't take that the wrong way. I'm just. Uh, I, I I'm super hyped. That's all. That's all about. No, that. it's really cool. I'm glad that I'm glad that they're uh, figuring it out. But it would be nice to have more. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. I know that Fender is going to do a bunch of uh, women's signature series instruments later this year. Can't wait to see what those are. Oh yeah, I I'm very excited, and um, I'm hoping to see more on that note from summer nam mm-hmm. but we'll see what they've got in store for us um third highlight i could not tell you the brand name and this is i maybe i'm just being super gushy but i i, I was look just looking around for things that made people feel inclusive and are included in in the experience of music and i saw this really cool booth there's a performance happening. I'm like, Oh, that's a cool performance. And there's all the noise around me. I realize there's like no PAs or anything. I'm looking at everybody who's sitting in the booth and they're all wearing these headphones and it's like a simulcast headphone solution where not everybody surrounding has to listen in on it. And like a silent disco. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I, I know it's not like the newest technology or like concept, but I thought, that really stood out to me as a wow, like that's 
that's super great because there's a lot of people that that helps bring into the fold of enjoying a musical performance. Cool. Maybe it was, was it sure? No, it was Austrian audio. I could not tell you the brand name. I was walking by passively and that just really branded in my brain. I was like day three and I saw that like, oh, 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 wait a minute. That's actually, oh, I dig that. I I really dig that. Then they're not getting those uh, booth closed notifications (laughs) of all the brands that got closed. It was that one. Yeah. Well, I'm 90% sure it was that brand. I, I match up the name with the with the what was on the map, but I'm hesitant to throw right, a brand right, under right, the right. bus. But just like because I know that there's a lot of there's a little bit of shifting around, like right like after they had already printed let's the just maps. Say it, y'all, it was not an amp company. <laughs> it, it, if it is what the map says, I got it. I, I I'm chuckling, but also super grateful to the sound police. Honestly, especially the first day as I was settling mm-hmm. in, I found myself stepping out to the smoke area, not to. Not, not to smoke, uh, not to smoke, just to give your ears a little rest. Let let my ears yeah. breathe. Um, I, I did better about wearing earplugs the next couple of days. Uh, it and uh, taking care of my ears better. But yeah, that was earplugs is the advice I always hear from. I think Louise from Dwarfcraft was the first person who's like, if you go to Nam, wear earplugs. Honorable mentions for cool stuff that I saw kind of falls back into the category of, or is less in the category of what I think is a game changer for inclusiveness and more of just what I thought was cool and things that I'll probably buy for myself. Uh, if money permits is Waller's audio's new stereo delay is everything that I want in a delay without screens and in a small package. Oh yeah. I was actually, uh, and don't, the, this is going to be one of those like personal tastes that I typically haven't always loved walrus pedals. There's been a few that I found that to be absolutely phenomenal, but that's for, for what inspires me as a musician, that not all of it is really hit me in that spot, but plugging into this, just in, it was instant inspiration. It, it, it really took me by surprise in the best ways possible. It was really intuitive. I wanted things that there's a couple of things fiddling around with it that really surprised me was, uh, there's it's the the age the mod and there's another there's like a three-way toggle switch on the left side and with a tweak knob so you flip the toggle and then you use the knob to to adjust the parameter and i thought it i just kind of assumed looking at you you choose one of the three to to tweak and no like it, it saves like the the age of your delay and uh and then you can swap the toggle over to mod and then adjust the modulation and it was so fast to dial in sounds, super intuitive. It sounded really great. The stereo was awesome. And also knowing that it does, um, for the internal, it'll do stereo uh-huh. in some to mono. So that way you could put that at the end of a chain uh, and have the mm-hmm. option of going stereo or mono instead of getting just like just the left side. Yeah, that's important for the stereo pedals. I, it just really struck me as a very well thought out, very comprehensive pedal. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some really great sounds in it, and I congratulations to the Wallers folks. You absolutely blew me away. Um, another honorable mention would be uh, for stuff that I really want is uh, I went to the Dark Glass booth to try out some base DI options and the Alpha Omega specifically 
just super kicked me in the gut. It's got like this really great SVT kind of like low end gut punchy steel string or like, like it, it, uh, it was super thick. It was super punchy. I really loved it Nice um, for bass. And I played it through several different bases and I was just really impressed across the board. And I'm probably gonna have to get my hands on one of those soon mm-hmm. for my bass rig. And, uh, and then the, f- the final huge takeaway, and I mean, takeaway literally is my Jennings. Ooh, yeah. I forgot all about that. So much happened. <laughs> it was, oh my God, it was jam packed, jammy packed. Um, uh, <laughs> 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 those of you who went to Naaman, you'll understand, uh, no, so I for day number one, I drove down there. Chad Jennings was in the area as well, and he told me to meet him at this address. I showed up. I parked. I saw his truck. I'm like, yo, dude, I'm at your truck. Come out. Let, like, And I was super excited. He came out, gave me a big old hug. Um, it was super exciting. And then I go like into the apartment that he's crashing at. And I walk in the door, like just so beyond psyched. Like it's, I'm about to walk into Nam for the first time. I'm about to get this guitar I've been looking forward to. And I walk in the door, I see Curtis Lamberton. Huh, that's funny. Like, <laughs> dude. So he got a big hug. I also saw um, Brian and Bradford from Worship Tutorials, and that was super cool. Uh, great to hang out with them for a little bit. And that reminds me, I need to get Curtis to send me. I think he took a video of me. Um, unboxing like an unboxing video of me uh, opening up the Jennings. Cool. It's less of an unboxing, more of like an ungig bagging. I was about to say, but it sounds like it wasn't in a box, but I get it. I didn't say a whole lot. It was one of those like I just my face did things, and I'm kind of scared to see what that looks like. But also, you know, it was it was candid. I I don't think I realized Curtis was filming until like halfway through. Sure, sure. Yeah. 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 So that was cool on the way in, like randomly, you know, met Ariel Posen. That was super wild. And I was like, okay, so it's going to be that kind of a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, day one was super jam packed. End of um, day one, I went to the the Gibson private event party. Shout out to uh, Cameron from Gibson Sunday for getting me in the door to that. Uh, some great performances. I was really like slash got on stage. I'm like, oh, Okay. Yep. So this is happening. Nice. Um, uh, as well as some phenomenal players. I remember Emily Wolf got on stage with a uh, yeah, she's a beast with an Epiphone. And I remember looking at that, going, "That's her signature one, right? I, the matte black with the diamonds." Yeah, you know, I think. I, well, I remember looking at that like that doesn't look like an Epiphone I've seen before. That's got to be like, are they doing a signature for her? And then I think Blake oh, Wyland. Yeah. Uh, from Tone Mob confirmed it? Question mark. Um, no, it's confirmed. Is it confirmed? Confirmed. Cool. Yeah, I think 2020, 2021 release, perhaps. It's a prototype. Well, I was super, super, super stoked on that. Um, Looks pretty dope. Towards the end of the evening, I was uh, using the restroom like a gentleman, and um, I finished up the urinal and turned around and was like zipping up my fly and. Mark Agnesi is like, dude, how's it going? And like gave me a big old hug. And I'm like, not expecting that at all. And um, it was serious. Like, how, how, how are you? How's the, how's the kid? How's the family? Like, like what, what have you been up to? And the thing that's wilding me out about that is I have, I met Mark Agnesi once in person, (laughs) I think three, maybe even 
four years. It might. It's probably more like three years ago. Uh, wow. Before he joined Gibson, uh, it was his la- during his last year as um, at uh, Norm's Red Guitars in Tarzana. What a memory! And yeah, that really threw me out. Uh, like, threw me for a loop. So mm-hmm. it's always good to see Mark. Um, let's see here. Day two, I uh, the let me. Okay, so you guys heard the interview with Yvette, which is super cool. But let me tell you how that happened, <laughs> uh, because that wasn't exactly planned pre nam so i knew that she was gonna play do a performance at the same duncan booth at 2 30 on friday i'm like cool so i showed up to that uh, it was like oh it's gonna be 2 30 i showed up early and like like 50 or 20 minutes early and of course it wasn't early enough and the the crowd was already jam-packed and i was like ah all right well i'll stand at the back and um, I've, I, it was a great performance and afterwards I, I like trying to weave my way up to the front and I just realized at a certain point, this ain't going to happen. Gave up mm-hmm. and, um, I was just kind of looking around, to, um, like started walking to the back and I, um, over to the back, le- uh, the front left, I see Corey from Earthquaker devices. Um, and I was like, Oh, Hey, it's so good to see you. And we got to talk and he's like, so you're here to see Yvette. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that's going to work out. Like, crowd is uh definitely uh pretty excited and i don't see myself pushing my way to the front with that he's like you know like david the bass player for covid sitting right behind me right hmm. i was like no i didn't know that tell me do please do say more <laughs> uh so he walked over and he introduced me to the guy uh super chill and then he's like all right m- meet us at the ibanez booth at five 30 and we'll see what we can't make happen and I'm like, all right all right this is gonna happen cool 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 i'm i'm hyped and i showed up at 5 20 5 25 or so like literally as yvette's walking off with an entourage I'm like no i missed it and uh, this japanese gentleman looks at me and just like waves at me like 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 does like like his palm in the air like waves with his fingers back at him like beckoning me to follow him like okay well Mm this will be i guess i'll just follow and see what happens and Mm -hmm. just really like i just kind of hoping something like this ends up working out and um the hoshino brands is just tom at one side and ivan is the other side they've got this like little business building right in the middle of it like on the floor uh, with like a second floor and he just asked you to wait at the bottom of the stairs and I sit there for like 15 minutes and David finally texts me. He's like, Hey man, I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, but let, like, let's, we're going to be in Seattle in May. Like let's work something out. Um, and I was like, cool. It was great to meet David. Super great guy. And, um, so I started like turning everything off and packing everything up and, uh, I get a tap on the shoulder, turn around. It's the same Japanese gentleman. And he says, Mr. Renard. And I say, yes. He's like, okay, you follow me now. All right. I'm like, oh my god, it's happening. Uh, so that, yeah, completely threw me for a loop. I was like turning on all of my stuff as I'm like walking up the stairs, uh, like trying to get it all like connected. Like I had uncabled part of it because it's like five thirty. Is basically packing up mm-hmm. for the day. Right, uh, right. And yeah, so I got to hang out at the event for about 20, 30 minutes or so. Got some of it nice. on tape. Got to chat off tape a little bit. Uh, it was a super good time. I, it was just super cool. I, I was sitting in there just like, whoa, this is happening. Oh my goodness. Do I belong here? And 
yeah, like it was super cool. She was super rad. She couldn't have been nicer, more supportive. Um, once I explained her what this show is and what we're what we're doing and what we're trying to do, she was on board immediately. It, yeah, it, it was it was a good time. Cool. So well, it sounds put, like you had a blast at Nam and uh, uh, borderline sad that I wasn't there, but I, I had plenty to keep me busy. <laughs> and real quick, I, I, okay. I just made a comment about like do, feeling like, do I belong here? And like that, that kind of deep sense of like imposter syndrome of like, oh my, like I'm here, but like, oh my goodness. And just being kind of overwhelmed by the sheer mass. And I really felt this more on day one. And just to be completely transparent about it, like I definitely like walked in day one and just walked around for like an hour and absolute days, terrified to say hello to anyone. Uh, mm. And I just kind of walking around and I remember um, Dan from reverb was like, hi, Andrew. And I was like, oh my golly, gee willikers. Hi, it's good to meet you finally. And I talked for a little bit and he, he offered some, some really kind, friendly um, some words about as I was just sitting there like, well, I, I, you're asking me how I'm doing. I guess I'm just, there's no reason for me to lie. I'm super overwhelmed. This is a lot to take in all at once. Um, so I got to talk with him. He was super kind. Uh, Blake Weiland tapped me on the shoulder like literally three minutes after that. And I was like, oh, man, like imposter syndrome's crazy. And he's like, I was like, when does that go away? And he's like, it goes away. <laughs> and I'm like looking at Blake. I'm like, do you understand? Like how you're you're Blake Weiland's like, what do you mean? You OK. And uh, the ensuing conversations. And that was just a couple of highlights that really got the ball rolling. Day one, I got getting to talk with everybody and having that super transparent where we're all at and kind of understanding that we're all just humans here. And it, it, I, I know it seems like on a, on a surface level, that seems like a very basic human concept to get my head around, but in person, it was just so intimidating and I could not have been, I, I, I cannot be more thankful for the, the encouragement and the kind words that I had from everybody that I got to talk to, um, especially on that first day. It was, it was really great of everybody. And, definitely set the tone for the the remainder of my time on the floor well um well i guess with that uh in mind as i think that makes for a, a great way to to tie this whole episode up in a nice bow um yeah good gravy I, i'm still just i'm sitting here and after listening to all of this and soaking it all in there's just so much good stuff that happened and I could not be more thankful for the opportunity of God and Nam. Can't wait to go next year. Um, I guess I'll just avoid getting any any gushy. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate. Um, Emily had to bounce, so uh, I've been Andrew. She's been Emily. Bye.